capitalism. Super savings all month at the Smash Capitalism store. Smash Capitalism trademark logo t-shirts. Cotton polyester blend. All sizes from small to grotesque. Just $22.99 each or two for $45.98. Smash Capitalism. Smash Capitalism baseball hats. Let everyone know what you're about without having to open your mouth. One size fits all. $20.99 each. Smash Capitalism hard shell phone case. Protect your Apple iPhone from accidental damage while tweeting contempt for corporations. Just $18.99. Smash Capitalism. Smash Capitalism IPA. Brewed from a family recipe passed down from Karl Marx's grandmother Nanette. $13.99 for a four-pack because hops are expensive. Sign up now for the Smash Capitalism MasterCard and enjoy deals all month. Double points on all Nike and Adidas purchases. 10% off lattes at Blue Bottle Coffee. An exclusive sneak peek at the Tesla Model X20. Three free months of Hulu. Commission-free trades at Charles Schwab. $15 off any purchase of $100 or more at the black-owned business of your choice. 20% off the Smash Capitalism ice cream cake from Carvel. Smash Capitalism. Open daily. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com Sanitizers. Hi, I was wondering if you could come over and clean up all my crap. I absolutely could. Uh, what are we cleaning up for? Are we worried about uh, communicable diseases or uh, was there some kind of incident th- at the house? Maybe a homicide, something that left blood. We do it all. I just need to know uh, what, what to bring. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, cover your, all, all your bases. Well, um, I, I think my wife has been um, going behind my back with uh, a coworker. Okay. So um, I would like to continue to lay with her. So I was wondering if you could sanitize her. I could, uh, you know, we need consent from the sanities. Oh my Lord. Yeah. No, that's, that's something. <laughs> it's liberals. Yeah. You know, they, they want me to be licensed to do this, which kind of really drives me up a wall, you know, my Lord, I should just be able to do this, but, uh, I got to obey the rules. So I will need to ask your wife for permission to sanitize it. Once she gives permission, because mm-hmm. we're in a traditional marriage and she's going to do what she's, what I require of her. Um, uh, what would that process be? Well, you know, we, we want to sanitize the entire body. We don't know this person she's been with. We don't know who he is. Uh, we don't know what he's carrying, what disease. So, I mean, no. ideally, uh, she would be encased in a, a plexiglass container of Purell. Okay. Now, this is where it gets tricky. <laughs> I, now it does. Okay. If I pull my Red Rider Raggin up your driveway mm-hmm. with an eight foot tall four foot wide plexiglass container filled with Purell. And I just knock on your door and say, excuse me, ma'am, would you mind diving in here? What do you mm-hmm. think she's going to say? Who are you? Get out of my driveway. Yeah. Yeah. The standard. Okay. So we need to <laughs> figure out a way to get her in that container of Purell. What if we put her coworkers penis inside the container? She'll jump right in. Well, that's, uh, you know, now you're getting into, uh, I need to ask permission from her coworker. Oh, Jesus. And of course, if you're trying to be discreet, uh, this is basically admitting that you know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I want to continue. Like my wife has never been happier. And like, 
I'm reaping the benefits of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I just need to clean her up. I don't necessarily need to stop the affair. I just want to just have her make her as clean as possible so that, you know, when my turn comes up, you know, when, when my uh, number is called that I, I'm ready to answer it and, and make sure that my health and safety and wellness uh, is uh, taken care of. Okay. Well, uh, there are other options. If you're okay with not using Purell, we can use the soap and water method. Okay. What would that entail? Well, she's going to come home. She is going to find a convertible in the driveway with a big bow on it for her. Mm -hmm. And it's your choice of car. You can do whatever you, you know, a car that's appropriate for her. Uh, You're going to tell her to go take it for a wash. Okay. And when she goes to the car wash, we are going to remotely activate the roof. Oh, it's a good idea. Yeah. There's a soap. There's some uh, mild scrubbing of the upper parts. Well, she's mostly an upper parts lover Ah. from my experience. So I I think that's probably the main area we need to focus on anyway. I think this is fantastic. Okay, then. But are you telling me that I need to buy a a convertible and then basically have it destroyed? Uh, You have to have it soaked. It doesn't destroy it. It certainly cleans the interior. Um, Mm. And, you know, certain things are prone to rust and that's a, you know, but that's years down the line. What's more important to you is getting your wife uh, clean and sanitized. Yep. Oh boy. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super interested in your thing. Now you mentioned earlier that, uh, you also sort of cover murder. It's something I've considered. Yeah. I'm not close to it, but it's something I've considered. What you know, how, how could I use your services? What would you, um, what would you do to sort of help me with that sanitizing problem? Well, if you're going to clean up, uh, say blood, Yep. And bodily fluids. Well, that's a whole different set of cleaning supplies that I put into my Red Rider wagon. Mm-hmm. And, and then we'll pull it to your house and up the driveway. Okay. How, how old are you? I am 49. And <laughs> you're using a, a Red Rider wagon uh, to transport a lot of your stuff. I, I thought perhaps, I, I mean, do you have a driver's license? What, what, what's going on there? Something, something is not right in the state of Denmark. I have been so focused on my career as a sanitizer that I really have not spent the time or energy to get a driver's license. I can get where I need to go with a red rider wagon mm-hmm. and, um, and tow all my supplies in a red rider wagon. Okay. And it's I mean, something that I've been passionate about for years. I, people know my brand. They see me walking down the side of the street, towing a red rider wagon. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now I'm realizing that red rider is a BB gun. I mean, radio flyer. (laughs) I will tow my radio flyer wagon up your driveway. I have a radio Mm -hmm. flyer wagon. Mm -hmm. So my radio Radio flyer, my radio flyer wagon. So you'll see me with my radio flyer wagon and I have a brand. They see me walking down the street, pulling my radio flyer wagon. Right. It's red. Uh, It's very noticeable. And mm-hmm. people say, oh, who is that man carrying that radio flyer wagon? Do you have any sort of law, uh, legal or moral requirements uh, in sort of in that murder category where do you have to sort of uh, talk about what you've seen? I have uh, what I call uh, attorney client privileges, except I'm not an attorney. Okay. But I do give you privileges. You are my client. Mm-hmm. I don't ask questions. I clean up the mess mm-hmm. and I go upon my way. And I send you an invoice from QuickBooks. 
okay. I mean, that's, that's a piece of information I didn't need. I just need to know how much to pay, but I mean, thank you for sharing that. I'd like you to be ready for it when it comes. Cause it'll say QuickBooks generated invoice. And I want you to know that that's me. Do you, I feel like you're getting, you're getting a piece of the QuickBooks action here. The, the, I feel like you're pushing something on me. No, QuickBooks radio flyer wagon. <laughs> well, uh, gosh, I mean, it seems like you have everything that, um, a normal uh, suburban uh, dad like myself would need. Well, uh, what time would you like me to show up with my radio flyer wagon? Well, let's see. My wife is working late on Thursday, so um, Friday morning? I'll be there. Okay, great. Might I ask your wife's name? Oh, um, yeah, sure. Her name's um, Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. And uh, my, name's, my name's Mike, Mike Flanagan, so her name is Jenny Flanagan. Jenny Flanagan. That rings a bell. Oh, what, what bell is that? That's a euphemism. Oh, because you're banging my wife. Yeah. Too. I'll give you the friends and family discount. Hey, Brian, how you doing? I'm great, Jack. Are you sure that that, that was a fake great? I, you know, my, I dropped the script. I'm doing great, Jack. <laughs> I'm glad we write these ahead of time. I just want to be prepared. It, it's sad that that's the only thing on this podcast that will be written. Yeah, I just want to know what's coming sometimes basically when you say hi to me and here it is mm -hmm. right there. I'm great, Jack. Yep. And, and from this point forward, you have no idea what question I'm going to ask you, what bit I'm going to try and launch into. You have no idea what's going to happen in the own, in your own show. Seldom do Jack. Yep. <laughs> well, that's why I wanted to ask you, you know, we're here at the, at the end of August, traditionally the last two weeks of August, big time vacation time, right? You know, it's, it's the time where no one gets any work done. You can't, you can't book appointments for things. You can't just, it's like the United States takes the last two weeks of August off to sort of go on vacation. France takes the whole month off, Jack. I know that that is, that is true. That is totally true. And I was wondering if you could give us some tips on how to take affordable vacation. What, what are some ways that people can sort of pinch some pennies and, and still maximize their family fun? Well, uh, a lot of kids like trains. Yeah, that's true. Train travel is a great way to travel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. It's a safe way to travel. You're not dealing with uh, lines or TSA security, the anxiety of flying, things like that. Yeah. Uh, so what we will do uh, as a family is dress up like coal and then climb into a freight train. Okay. It, it's, that's a good idea. Um, I would be worried, especially with having uh, kids that are a little bit younger than yours, that they would then be mistooken for coal and be thrown into a, a giant furnace. Well, that has uh, almost happened in the past. And I will tell mm -hmm. you, uh, no matter how big and burly the coal man is, uh, when he sees a six foot three piece of coal saying, put my baby down, he listens. Well, that's a relief. Okay. Um, well, that's, that's a darn good piece of advice. So you're, you're, you're traveling safely, you're traveling quickly, and basically you're, you're traveling for free. You are traveling for free. Well, that's great. Um, okay. So that sort of takes care of a, a, a travel situation. What about for people who also sort of want to save money by, by not booking, you know, four or five airline tickets and who just sort of want to drive you uh, sort of within the continental United States, what are some different ways that um, uh, people can have an economical trip uh, on the road? Well, I mean, ideally you want to get paid to drive, right? Oh, I mean, ideally. Yeah. 
So um, there are different things you can do. Of course, you can be a drug mule. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. there's a certain risk associated with that. Not to mention, you can't really leisurely check out the Grand Canyon if uh, if the Tijuana cartel is expecting their package. <laughs> you kind of need to get there as soon as possible under penalty okay. of death. Now, wait a minute. Are you implying that you're smuggling drugs into Mexico? <laughs> they're the they're returns, Jack. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So it's like Nordstrom's where you return a bad product. Yeah. The Sinaloa cartel and the Tijuana cartel, they have a very, uh, they're like LL Bean for drugs. They have a great return policy. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, if you're not happy with it, if you don't enjoy your experience, uh, if your fiance dies of an overdose, you can return the remainder for a full refund. Well, that's fine. I mean, I can't imagine having a bad experience with a bunch of drugs. Tell that to Whitney Houston, Jack. Ouch. Too soon. Tell that to River Phoenix. Not soon enough. Um, okay. All right. So the drug muling uh, trade, I'm not sure if I want my family to sort of get involved uh, in that, but um, I guess that's a good idea. What about some ways to, if we're not making money, what about some ways to sort of, you know, cut some costs on, on travel, on, on the driving expense, on the sort of the hotels along the road expense, sure. on, uh, getting into, you know, monuments or attractions. Well, uh, first of all, invest in a nice tow rope. A tow rope. Okay. Well, what would that be for? Well, uh, what I do is I drive to a mall or a Walmart, a large store that has a large parking lot with a lot of cars. Mm-hmm. I very discreetly attach my tow rope to one of the cars. I place the car in neutral. My kids and I and, the, and my wife, uh, we wait. At mm-hmm. some point, inevitably, someone comes to their car and our trip begins. Now, sometimes it takes us down the road and we wind up being towed into someone's driveway, which isn't mm-hmm. the trip we wanted. No, I would imagine not. But other times we wind up getting a, a nice little taste of of America, Jack. That's great. What, what was, did you have one sort of particular... Um, trip that was m- most memorable? Well, um, we were towed to Texarkana. Oh, really? Yeah. And we got it. We saw a nice slice of, of America on the way there. Uh, you know, there were a couple of downsides to this, Jack. Okay. That's important to sort of cover all yeah. bases. So what were some of the downsides? Well, first the upside is that you don't pay a penny for gas. It's huge. All you need to do is kind of keep your hands on the wheel and, and mimic the moves of the car that's towing you. Okay, got it. If they jam on the brakes, though, you can't be reading a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, is vacation's that, over. Yeah, is that a firsthand um, lesson you've learned? Yeah, yeah, yes. Now, so the downside, of course, is you can't just pull over and go to the bathroom. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Because, you know, you need to maintain the same speed and uh, momentum as the car in front of you. Therefore, you know, potty brakes are not a thing when you're traveling, as I call it, uh, a la tow line. <laughs> so, you know. Is, is that French? That is French. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you always bring, you know, so for those circumstances, you bring yourself, you know, sandwiches and snacks and, and maybe an empty gallon uh, milk container. And will will that be enough for a family of four or five? It depends if you, you know, moderate the beverages. So what I do is I never have more than a gallon's worth of beverages in the car. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, is the ratio always one to one where if you consume a gallon, you're going to um, remove a gallon? Well, you know, I thought so. But of course, you have to factor in what you've had before you get into the car. Uh, I had a jug of wine, got in, vacation started. I really had to go. And before you knew it, we were almost two milk jugs in. <laughs> well, that's a problem because you only brought the one milk jug. Yeah, exactly what my wife said. So what, what was the solution on that trip? Uh, we wound up using bleach and um, a mixture of ammonia and some other things. That's rough. That's, that sounds like a rough vacation. It was not the most pleasant uh, vacation, but we, it did take us to uh, Windermere Estates. Oh. No, it's a trailer park. Oh. <laughs> hey, man, it's, you, you know, it's something new, I guess. It was new and it was different. The, the folks around there were quite friendly. The kids uh, had a good time. They met some kids. They played. There was a swing set in the middle mm -hmm. of the park. And, uh, and then um, at some point it was time to go. And so I attached the tow line to a car. And before you knew it, we were in Yonkers. <laughs> That's a strange journey from someone in Texarkana. Yeah. The they, Texarkana to Yonkers pipeline is not what it once was, well, I'm saying. The irony is that they were actually a drug mule for the Tijuana cartel. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know what? Small world. It really is. It really is. Now. I have to ask this. I don't love asking this on a podcast, but uh, I've already started getting texts and tweets about this. So I just need to ask you, you've sort of covered um, the, the, the pee pee portion of the potty breaks, but, but what about the other things that uh, you need to do in a bathroom? Um, how do you, how do you manage that? Well, you want it out of sight, yep. obviously, and out of scent. Yes. <laughs> and well, and in these cases, and there, I call them emergencies. Yeah. I mean, I'd call them a normal human thing. Yeah. I would call them an emergency. Um, I mean, you have no choice but to do the old sailor method. I, I don't know what that is. I haven't been to sea. Oh, you just sit off the side of the ship. <laughs> and cast anchor. Pretty much. <laughs> well, that's got to be a sight, you know, going 65 miles an hour, uh, being towed by a, you know, Honda Civic. Uh, with your, your wife's tushy out of the, <laughs> sticking out the window of the car. It's, it's not ideal. Uh, obviously if you're in traffic, it's really unpleasant. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously in traffic, it's incredibly unpleasant. Um, mommy, then, mommy, what's that car next to us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you hear that cause you're close enough. And of course, the, uh, the, the opposite of that is going at a high rate of speed, at, in which case it, it can get ugly for the cars behind you. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, you can go through a whole <laughs> container of windshield fluid and you're just, you're not getting anywhere. Well, but at least you have an empty gallon for your next trip. There you go. All right. Um <laughs> Last question. We've covered the travel. Um, uh, the lodging is the other sort of big expense on a, on a trip. Right. Do you have any sort of tips and tricks for um, how to save money on, uh, you know, hotels, motels, um, that sort of thing? Uh, I mean, it's a roundabout way of doing it. Okay. But uh, what, what you do or what you should try to do is to get the Third Amendment repealed. And then you join the military and ask the government to force people to hold you 
in their quarters. <laughs> How can you go from a poopoo joke <laughs> to that? <laughs> Only on this podcast. What poopoo joke? <laughs> you know, Brian, I was rifling through your apartment the other day because yeah. um, you guys are upstate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I came across your special drawer of um, unpublished screenplays. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's so exciting. What a prolific writer you are. And I, I was wondering if you could, you know, um, people are really hungry for movies. They, they sort of have been denied the movie going experience over the last year and a half yes. you know, with movie sh- theaters, mostly shut down across the country. And uh, I thought it'd be sort of fun for people to get a sense of uh, what movies might be coming up the coming down the pipeline. I, I found a bunch of your, um, screenplays. And I was wondering if you could just sort of talk us through some of the movies that you have uh, written. I would love to talk you through the movies I have written. Well, thank you so much. So the, the first one I saw, and, and this doesn't seem sequel worthy, but um, I saw the script. It was just said Titanic 2. Yes. I, I mean, that seems like a, a, like a one-time event, you know, certainly the movie. I mean, it, it felt like it ended. Jack drowned and the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, so I don't even know what is Titanic two about and, and tell us all about it. Well, uh, so I, uh, the movie left us hanging, the ship yeah. sank, uh, mm-hmm. and Jack sank and, uh, mm-hmm. what's her name? Rose. Rose. And Rose, you know, she was cold and sad mm-hmm. and she had the necklace. Yeah. Well, what she didn't, this was my thinking. Mm-hmm. That necklace. Yep. She throws it in. Yeah. And this is where the movie starts. The necklace enters the water. Okay. And it comes down and sinks and sinks and sinks and sinks. And it just so happens to land on the skull of none other than Jack. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And it's a magic necklace. And suddenly, amazingly, he springs back to life. His, 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 the flesh regrows on his skeleton, uh-huh. his eyes, his beautiful hair, his handsome face. Yeah. And, and suddenly there he is again, Jack, a, a, alive. But, but he's uh, 1,200 feet below the surface of the water. Yeah, he drowns. <laughs> he just drowns again? Yeah, he drowns. But he becomes a zombie. <laughs> And I've combined the Titanic and a zombie film. Okay. So now he goes around with his magic necklace, lighting mm-hmm. up all the bodies down there. Mm-hmm. They all spring oh. back to life. And then they all hop back on the Titanic. And next thing you know, Rose is sees this in the distance, this ship rising out of the water. Oh, chilling. And she sees that and has a major heart attack. <laughs> and falls over into the ocean and sinks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the rest of the movie is, is Captain Jack searching around for Rose because mm-hmm. he knows she fell in. He doesn't realize she's a lot older and less attractive. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want any piece of that. But he still spends most of the movie tooling around looking for it and, and shooting the crap out of icebergs because they piss him off. <laughs> It seems like a very complicated zombie historical romance drama. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's got a meeting. So it's got a, 
Oh, a meeting in a studio, you mean? Well, it was, it's a it's a guy that works at Long John Silver's who wants to get in the movie business. And he said it sounded great and he wanted to take a look at it and see what he could do with it. Okay. So I've got my meeting with him. And that's then, big. I mean, you know, they're, they're very big on things in the sea. So I think that's a logical synergy. I think that's part of where the connection came from. And so, you know, yep. I'm going to see what he can do. Maybe he can work his magic, you know, cross those fingers. Yeah, for sure. So uh, am I to understand that you were just in a long John Silver's just sort of pitching your movie idea to folk? In fairness, it was a Taco Bell long John Silver's. So okay. I was in the Taco Bell part and mm. he, La Lewis, overheard me. <laughs> well, I mean, again, it seems really promising. Thank you, Jack. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, let us know, you know, as the, as that continues in development, let us know on the podcast how things are going. I will do it. Great. Um, the, uh, the next movie I saw, uh, this seems very strange. Um, it's called Garfield's Revenge. Garfield's Revenge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what that, that's an interesting, uh, I wouldn't necessarily associate the character of Garfield uh, with getting revenge, but you know, in, in lightness, tell us what Garfield's Revenge is all about. Well, uh, Garfield is a cat. <laughs> yeah. And well, Garfield falls in love. Oh my gosh. Here's another romance. Cynical grouchy cat. Yep. And he falls in love with Lucretia. Who's a next door neighbors. Uh, I believe it's a Siberian. <laughs> well, you should know you wrote it. Very pretty cat. Okay. And they fall in love and they, and Garfield for the first time in his life uh, is in love. Okay. And he's happy. That's finally some yeah. happiness. Yes. And then, so Lucretia lives across the street and they have a little routine where, you know, each evening they show up at the, and they walk across the street and they meet in the middle of the road <laughs> and they kiss and then they spend time together and they walk around. <laughs> and mm -hmm. this night is like any other night. It's, the sun is setting and they walk down their driveways and they see each other and they cross and into the middle of the street. Mm -hmm. And then uh, this kid on a bike mm -hmm. comes careening down the street and Garfield looks up and, and then, you know, st panics and looks at Lucretia and tries to tell her to get out of the way. <laughs> uh -huh. And I think, you know, what happens? I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not good at um, creative writing. The boy runs over Lucretia. Damn. And kills her instantly. We have a bike? Yes. What sort of cat instincts does Lucretia have? Is she disabled? She's a three paw, yes. <laughs> okay, so so a, a neighborhood boy <laughs> crushes Lucretia on his bike. Yep. Okay, so uh, what happens next? Well, Garfield's revenge is that he's going to go after any kid on a bike. Just any kid, so it's not even specific? No, he just has a thing now. He's rededicated his life. He doesn't care about lasagna. He only wants vengeance uh, on anybody on a bike. And so there's a rash of, of children uh, being knocked off their bikes. Uh -huh. And he, because Garfield's going around, he's setting up wire traps <laughs> at like head length, head height. And these <laughs> poor kids running down the street and then suddenly they're knocked off their bike or lightly mm -hmm. decapitated. There's a whole variety of things that happen. Jeez. And, and then he gets his revenge. 
who is that movie for? What's your audience for that? Pedophiles. <laughs> Wouldn't they? Okay. What's the thinking there? That pedophiles probably murder kids. And so maybe they want to see a movie where that happens. Okay. I mean, maybe I don't understand markets very well, but it seems like it's, that's a small slice. I mean, the market is for people who don't like cyclists or children. (laughs) And there's a bunch of them just come to New York. Yeah. You know what? That's true. That movie would probably do well in the city. Huh? Okay. Garfield's revenge. How does that movie end real quick? Well, after he's, after the last child in the village is knocked off his bike. Mm Mm-hmm. Garfield turns and says, this is for you, Lucretia. And then, you know, he runs into traffic. (laughs) So Garfield, the cat, uh, kills himself at the end of the movie in honor of his love. Yes. I thought nothing could be more romantic. Well, I mean, there are other things he could have found new love. Um, uh, it feels like Jim Davis might not love this movie. Yep. Yeah. I've been getting the cease and desists on a regular basis. Uh, you know, I keep hoping he'll see the light. Mm-hmm. I keep sending him light bulbs, <laughs> you know, kind of, I, I want to put that suggestion in his head. Right. So he gets a light. And it's like, I just hope he said, you know, he gets it. I want him to see the light. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, you know, good luck with Garfield's Revenge. I mean, I, I won't buy a ticket, but I'll certainly support you. Um, I'll certainly support your endeavors. Thank you. You're very welcome. Here, just here's another movie I found there in your drawer. Uh, it was entitled uh, "He He," the Michael Jackson story. Yes. Uh, fascinating. I, I guess that makes sense. You know, biopics. You know, Freddie Mercury, Elton John have done extremely well at the box office in the last couple of years. Yep. So I guess you're cashing in on that. Yes. So, uh, I mean, that seems like it could be some, um, uh, edgy material. What, you know, what's the movie about? So I wanted the story to be, you know, similar to Garfield's revenge. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go on. I wrote it the day after I wrote Garfield's revenge. First of all, you should, you should take more time writing movies, but go on. Tell us. I'm just a writing machine and you got to get those words on paper and get them out there. Um, and so, you know, I, I, it was in my head, kids around the neighborhood riding their bikes and doing kids stuff and Michael Mm -hmm. Jackson doing kids stuff. And, um, and so I just, I kind of combined the two. So I kind of took his life. I played with it a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not exactly the true story of Michael Jackson. Oh, some, some creative liberties. Yeah. Like his, he's on a planet that's about to blow up and his dad puts him in a capsule and shoots him at earth. And the space radiation gave him a vitiligo, which <laughs> you know, causes some of the his melanin in his skin to, to be patchy. And, and mm-hmm. then of course creates a psychic disturbance in the force that makes him, uh, you know, want to, to basically uh, de-vitiligo his skin. And also there's a, there's a zombie element to it, which is why his nose, uh, you can look into his nasal cavity. So I, I've kind of combined a whole bunch of movies. So yeah. I, I took a lot of liberties. Yeah. It, it, it almost seems, it almost seems sloppy. It almost seems like maybe you 
you know, you took a, you know, hit a PCP and, and watched a bunch of movies and then regurgitated your favorite parts. You know what? People have their different methods for writing. Hemingway, you know, used to like to drink and smoke and some people take PCP. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, creative choice. Uh, I, I think I will buy a ticket to that one because I really am curious. Well, let's hope it gets made. <laughs> let's hope so. So Brian, uh, last one. Yeah. I, I found this, you know, this, this ironically it's, it's the last one I'm bringing up, but it was top at your top of your pile. So mm. clearly it's must've been the one either you, you finished most recently or the one that you are sort of most passionate about. Yeah. You know, again, I don't know what your deal is, but it's called the great Muppet purge. Yep. I like, I mean, you've written so many Muppet movies, man. Like you, it's a what, theme. what, what, what is going to make this one different? Well, I mean, this is set in uh, the Soviet Union in 1937. <laughs> and uh, all the, all the Muppets work for the communist party in varying degrees. Uh, they're <laughs> all in proximity to Stalin. Mm-hmm. And especially Kermit. Yeah. The leader of the Muppets. Uh, Yeah. Sure. And uh, at some point they, they fall into disfavor with, with Stalin, which of course is always a a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, first it starts with periphery Muppets getting uh, sent off to Yakutsk or uh, gulags elsewhere and Mm -hmm. uh, being worked to death in labor camps. Some of them in, in mines, uh, you know, freezing cold, not enough to wear on their, not even wearing decent shoes and these wet mines and of course dying of pneumonia and, and uh, just exhaustion or, or frostbite or other things that, that killed them slowly uh, or starvation. Um, so like, but that'd be like a scooter and a Dr. Bunsen honeydew type. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, if, and then, you know, Miss Piggy, she's in the Ukraine and, uh, she's starving along with her family and uh, the guards in the tower watching her every move. And she's out working the fields, but she's emaciated. And when she tries to steal even a tiny piece of grain, they take shots at her. So she knows uh, she's a dead woman. If she, if she dares to eat and she slowly (laughs) withers away uh, and dies. And of course, you know, Bert and Ernie uh, of course (laughs) are uh, deviants. And so, you know, they are uh, shipped off. Uh, they're part of the Gulag Archipelago and, um, <laughs> and they are, both of them are placed on a, an island in the middle of, uh, in the middle of a big river, uh, with, uh, all, several other people, but not enough, uh, flour. And so the flour is all they have to eat. There's been no logistical planning. They were literally just left there to die and they slowly, uh, descend into madness and kill one another. And ultimately it ends with Bert. <laughs> smashing Ernie in the head with a rock before starving to death himself. So he killed Ernie not to eat him, but as an act of love. Well, he found, you know, once he was dead, he couldn't bring himself to eat him. It just was. And there was very, you know, very little flesh left on his Muppet buttocks. And so <laughs> he just wanders off on this terrible Island with just surrounded by death and destruction. Uh, ultimately Kermit's left. <laughs> and you know he's alongside Stalin and you know, doing his best to to stay alive but mm-hmm. at some point he falls into disfavor with Lavrenti Beria who uh, is head of the NKVD and then uh, <laughs> you know, puts Kermit's name on a list of um, people who uh, need to be executed and Stalin signs off on it right and um and he's 
escorted into a room underground. The Germans did all their killing out in the open, but the, mm-hmm. the Soviets did theirs underground. So he's led into a room and he's he's given a quick, ridiculous trial and he knows what's coming. And they gather him by either arm and walk him down a hallway and then <laughs> through a door into a silent padded room. They push him down onto his knees and a gentleman from behind who is wearing a leather apron uh, puts a gun uh to the nape of his neck and pulls the trigger, which normally kills you instantly. But in this case, it doesn't for some reason. And Kermit is aware that he's slowly dying. And so the the reigning 15 minutes of the movie is nothing but groaning and sadness. And who do you have play Stalin? David Spade. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's just like, it's just like a regular old Muppet movie. Yeah. It's a caper. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> it's definitely a caper. All right, kids. Well, you know, spring 2022, that sounds like a lot of fun for the whole family. I'm super excited for it. Jack. Yes, Brian. I have some housekeeping. Oh, good. Yeah. You know, it's that we get emails and stuff and it's nice to acknowledge some of them and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. It's very easy to comprehend what you're saying. Okay. I just, I don't know if I'm being too, too obtuse. Uh, Jack Luke said, do you have a Patreon? And if not, why? Because it seems, oh, by the way, uh, he does not use commas or periods. Do you have a Patreon? And if not, why not? Because it seems like that would be a good way to make some money. Then you wouldn't have to pimp Jack out to potential sponsors because I think it's going to take a mental toll on him to never land one. Oh, slam Jack. Damn, Luke. I mean, man, first of all, have a little faith, my man. Like, I'm going to you'll do I'm it. Gonna succeed. I'm really talented. But in the meantime, we don't have a Patreon. Patreon. Uh, we've talked about it. I don't know. I can't decide. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think it, I think that's the way it's all going. I mean, I think at some point we're going to have to have exclusive content on a Patreon in, in order to keep this going. Um, and to hopefully then start doing video content again. If we want to do the BS of A for, for fans of our Ooh. old TV show, if we want to do stuff like that again, we will need to do some sort of Patreon thing where um, we can create content for people with no sort of restrictions, no no uh, woke police looking over our shoulders, just stuff to make people laugh, or, no agenda. But what if what if uh, we just got a sponsor gave us $100 billion, then we don't need Patreon? Well, I mean, that would be the better way to go. Okay. Uh, Coop. That's Coop. I wasn't, that was not a, that was a name, I guess. Boys, your newsletters are hilarious, but the last time you sent one, I was happily married and now I'm happily divorced. And that was like a year ago. Get with it, get with it and help us get through this coming second lockdown. God forbid. That was me. Wow. I added the God forbid. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't put things in Coop's mouth. Yeah, I know. I haven't, I've been kind of slack on the new, you know, the new, it's just, it takes a lot of, it's a lot of, you know, but okay. I'll think about it. All right. Well, and, and by the way, Coop, Coop was happily married a yeah. year ago and now he's happily divorced. That's a, in a short amount of time yeah. to, to become unhappy enough to decide to quit your marriage. I mean, that this bears some you, you investigation. You're saying Coop might be fickle. Uh, well, I'm saying, uh, I'm saying here's my, Coop here's my fear or Coop's wife yeah. may have made a, a grievous mistake and ended oh, it. You're saying Coop's wife might've, might've strayed. And then Coop went from happily married to happily divorced. You know, it just, that seems like, like, I don't want to slander Coop, but yeah. his wife definitely is cheating on him. Okay. That's terrible. I'm sorry, Coop, but that's better than him being fickle. Cause if he's fickle and he like wants 
uh, to see the newsletter. And then I do the newsletter. He's like, eh, that's fickle. That's a waste of my time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kimberly, just letting you know how much I loved your BS of a show, a clip I shared oh. years ago on Facebook, six years ago about Trump university just yeah. popped up and I found your podcast. I will check it out. Uh, you made me laugh so much and words cannot express how I thoroughly enjoyed your television show. Thank you. I was so sad when it was canceled. So were we. I oh, only yeah. wish you the best and people like you make life easier because more serious people like me need more laughter. Thanks again. Wish you only the very best. Kimberly. Very nice. What a dick. <laughs> no, no, Jack. She's, she's friendly. What? No, no. She's, what? she's loving it. The Trump university I, sketch. You remember that? We had two sketches in like 2011, 2012 that referenced a president Trump. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yes. And then the the Trump University thing that was with Matt Fisher. Yeah, Fisher Fisher killed that. And that was, was so a, funny. Oh my god, what a fun sketch! Uh, you should, <laughs> yeah, Google that Trump University uh, something BSFA. It's on our it's and on our it's on our YouTube page now that we've we've overtaken the uh, BSFA page and made it the questionable material page. Yeah, absolutely. And Kimberly, I'm sorry. I, I, I look. I blacked out when, as I often do, when Brian is talking. And apparently, you said a bunch of nice things about it. So I take back what I said. To I, I attacked you, and it wasn't warranted. So thank you. Kimberly. And Kimberly, if you're single, maybe Coop would be interested in like having a meal with you. Coop is you, you guys have similar tastes. That's all we're saying. It's, 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 we, we, you know, more than one baby has been made to the dulcet sounds of questionable material podcast. John says, Hey, Brian, love the show and the acting I've seen in the shorts you've written. I'm assuming the sketches who would the, be the best person to speak to about a potential film project we are coordinating. Thanks. Ooh. Keep up the great work. The show is hilarious. Why? Thank you. Uh, I actually emailed him. Uh, he's got some, and he, yeah, he's, he actually seems to know what he's doing. Sometimes you get things like this and you're like, it's some weird video somebody's working on, but this yep. actually, he, he knows what he's doing. He's done some quality stuff. So. And, and this, this guy's name is, uh, is, what's his name again? Uh, John. Is, uh, is it possible that, it, that this is John Favreau? You know, you, I can only hope. I can only hope. So I would take that deal just assuming it is. I mean, Right. How many I'll Johns are out there directing movies? I'll do your bit. I'll do your bit. Okay. Uh, and William Jones says, hello, I hope life is treating you kind and business is awesome. Would you consider a working capital loan for your business if the price and terms were acceptable? Express Capital <laughs> is a direct lender offering loans from 10000 to 500000 with funding decisions in less than 30 seconds. Should be fewer. Without pulling your credit or submitting a single document. That sounds super legit, Jack, doesn't it? It does. And it's always nice to hear from a fan. That was the housekeeping. That was a good bit of housekeeping. We have uh, the, in all seriousness, getting those messages from listeners um, like Kimberly uh, and and everyone else, John, the whole crew, Coop, um, is why we do it. It means the world to us. To the the nice things that people say um, that it brings you know light to your day. Any of that stuff. That's all we want to do is make people laugh. So um, it means the world to us that you would reach out and spend the time to to say something. So thank you. No, thank you, Jack. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com. 